Hey, Misfits. I'm your host, Melinda. Thank you for joining Mystery Loves Company. Now hold on to your butts as we go on another mysterious adventure. Let's see what today has in store for us. I have spent an hour trying to find the right outfit for tonight. I start doing my makeup and everything is looking the way I want it to. Damn it! I stabbed myself in the eye with mascara. Of course I did. Let's mess up all of my artistic abilities because I'm a klutz. I take a Q-tip, clean up the black mess under my eye, and now my makeup is pristine. My hair is done to perfection with long beach wave curls. I give myself one last check in the mirror when I hear my friends blasting music outside. So I look out the window and three of my friends are dancing in the driveway waiting for me to come out and meet them. Sam always has the best moves, so she's out there looking like a backup dancer in a music video. Jen is shaking her big ol' butt as always, and Katie is just dancing around aimlessly in the driveway since she has zero rhythm, but she doesn't seem to care. I laugh at the sight of my ladies, then I give my husband a kiss and I run out the door dancing along as we hop in the car and head off to our much needed and way overdue night on the town. As we start to pull away, my husband yells from the door, have fun, be safe, call me if you need me, I love you. I yell I love you too and we are off. With the music blaring, we drive around for a bit, just singing and dancing in the car. I say, we should grab some tacos and some margs before we hit the club. So we go to this little tequila bar for pregame margaritas and tacos. The margaritas go down like water on a hot summer day. Sam, who is driving, says, I don't think I should drive. We all agree, and Sam decides to leave her car there for the night, and we call an Uber to take us downtown. While we wait for the Uber, we finish our last margarita, which is my second since I didn't want to get too tipsy too early. Now we have food in our bellies and pregame margs in our system, so we're ready to head out to the club. Our Uber arrives and we pile in the black minivan. The driver makes just a little bit of small talk and then asks what kind of music we want. We all yell out 80s rock in unison. The driver giggles turns on some hair metal, and turns the volume up. We dance and sing the whole way to the club, which is only about 30 minutes or so. We pull up to the club. The driver turns the music down and says, You ladies be safe tonight. There's a lot of weirdos out here. And again, in unison, we all say, We are the weirdos, mister, being that the craft is one of our favorite movies. The driver laughs again, waves, and leaves. My friends and I stand, stand here on the sidewalk laughing a bit over the interaction. Then we all turn and start to go into the club. You could hear and feel the music bumping from the sidewalk. Little did we know there's a live band tonight instead of a DJ. Well, this is a pleasant surprise. We dance our way up through the front door and go straight to the bar. We order our drinks, then head out to the dance floor. We dance and drink all the tequila while trying not to spill any on the dance floor. It's been a few hours and now I am a sweaty mess. So I step outside to get some fresh air. What a beautiful night. The air is cool but not cold. Just cool enough for me to lift my hair off my neck and have the breeze cool me down. 
It's been about five minutes, and I know Katie's going to come looking for me. I go back in and run to the dance floor. Now it's 1.30 a.m. I feel my buzz kick in hardcore, and I'm starting to slur my words, which I hate. I can't stand it when I get to this point, and I can't control the way I speak. So I switch to water. I go outside to get some more fresh air. Katie comes out a moment later and asks me if I'm all right. Knowing I'm better off than she is, I say, I'm great. She has one of her shoes in one hand and her drink in the other, and she can't figure out why her shoe is in her hand. I say, I just needed a little fresh air, and by the looks of it, so do you. We laugh hysterically. Sam and Jen are still dancing it up, and I can't help but wonder where they got their endurance. We stay outside for about 15 minutes and then go back in to join our friends. It's 2 a.m. I pull my phone out of my pocket to call my husband to come and get us. Then I start to feel bad as I know he has to work in the morning and I don't want to wake him. I know he won't mind in the least bit and he would probably prefer that I wake him, but we are drunk and annoying and I just don't want to torture him. So I decide to book an Uber. I tell my friends that I booked a car and it was on its way. But Sam says that she's going to book an Uber too since she lives on the opposite side of town. Jen says, I'll go with Sam and just crash at her place tonight. Katie lives close to me, so she says, I'll ride with you and crash on your couch. At 2.15, my Uber arrives, but I'm nervous leaving while my other two friends are still here waiting. So I take my sweet time saying goodbye. I ask the driver to give me just a moment she nods in agreement. Oh good, Sam's Uber is here now. We all jump in our Ubers and leave the club. I try to make a little small talk with the driver, but she seems like she really doesn't have a personality or she hates her job or I'm a drunk and annoying idiot. Probably the latter of the three. So I stop trying to make small talk with her and I turn my attention to Katie. She is a hot mess. I'm trying to make her drink little bits of water so she hates herself a little bit less in the morning. Dang, it seems like we've been driving for a while. I look out the window to try to figure out where we are, and I am not fully recognizing the area. At some point, we had gotten off the highway. I asked the driver, uh, where are we? And she says she is going to my house. I ask her, why did we get off the highway? She says the GPS directed her off because of an accident which was closing the road. Okay, I'm satisfied with her response. I turn to look at Katie and I chuckle when I see she is passed out with her mouth hanging wide open. I turn my attention to my phone while shaking my head. I scroll through Facebook and Instagram for a while. I start thinking about my husband. I wonder if he's awake waiting for my call. Gosh, I sure hope not. I send him a quick text and say, hey babe, I know it's late, but I wanted to let you know I'm on my way home. Uh, there was a wreck on the highway and it's closed, so we had to hop off and take back roads. I didn't call you to pick me up because I didn't want to wake you, so I got an Uber. Don't worry, it's a female driver and I have Katie with me. I leave out the part where Katie's passed out and completely inebriated and couldn't fight her way out of a wet paper bag. I go back to social media and start watching videos to pass the time. 
Since the music that the driver is playing is some sort of hellish elevator music, I sit here and think, how the hell does she stay awake driving this late while listening to this shit? This is the music that is made to put your ass to sleep. I look at the time and notice it's 3 a.m. I look out the window thinking that we have to be almost to my house, but nothing looks familiar. I'm looking for road signs or landmarks or something to tell me where I am, but I'm not seeing anything. I wait a few minutes and I start to become a little antsy and I ask the driver, where exactly are we? She doesn't respond as if she didn't hear me. So I say, excuse me, still no response. I get agitated and demand, excuse me, ma'am. She turns and says, oh, I'm sorry, were you talking to me? I said, yes, where are we? And she says, almost there. I just need to make one more turn and then we'll be back on the main road. I immediately don't believe her and the pit in my stomach tells me something is wrong. I lean over to wake my friend Katie and my phone buzzes. I look down and it's a text from my husband. My husband says, babe, I need you to stay calm. There was no wreck on the freeway. I am sure you don't know where you are, but I do. You are 50 miles out of town. I am in the car and I have already called the the police. Remain calm. Remember all the self-defense that I taught you and fight my love. I am coming. Immediately, I am thankful I wore my Doc Martin combat boots out tonight instead of heels. I quickly wake Katie and I put my finger over my mouth gesturing for her to be quiet. She looks out the window and utters some form of where are we. So I squeeze her hand and stare intently at her. I watch her immediately become sober. I motion to her shoes. So she unbuckles her ankle straps and takes them off as she is wearing strappy heels that isn't going to be good for anyone. I hand her my phone to read, my te- to read the text from my husband, and I watch all the pigment drain from her face. She hands the phone back to me, takes the straps of her shoes, and wraps them around her hands so that she now has a weapon. We turn onto this dirt road next to a field. My mind is oddly clear, and I am beyond calm. We drive for just a short while when we slow to a stop on the side of the road. I try to open the door, but I can't. Damn it. I forgot to check for childproof locks before I got in the car. Safety rule number one, shit. So I do a quick scan of the area, and there's nothing but fields on either side of the road. I silently tell my husband, if you don't make it in time, I love you. Then my mind switches to, nope, get ready. I look out the windshield, and I see that there is another vehicle parked in front of us. I recognize this vehicle. Why do I know this vehicle? Oh shit, the black minivan. My door swings open. The driver that took us to the club is standing there and he smiles and says, Hi weirdo, remember me? He pulls me out of the car and the female driver is now standing at my door and she pulls Katie out of the car. The man driver from earlier has my arms behind my back and the other driver has a hold of Katie's upper upper left arm. 
I look at Katie and I give her this look of, okay, it's time. Then I stomp on the talus of my guy's foot with my combat boot and all my strength. This catches him off guard and he lets go of my arms. Katie takes her shoe and hits the woman in the face, heel first. The woman releases her arm and we start to run. The guy grabs me by my hair at the top of my head and turns me around to where I'm facing him. And he says, Well, that wasn't very nice. So I ball up my right fist and I punched him in the throat with such force that I'm pretty sure I crushed his larynx. He he grabs his throat and tries to breathe, but he can't. The woman is bleeding in her face from Katie's heel and she is balled up on the ground. Katie and I run. We run as fast as we can into the field. Being that I love scary movies, I know not to run in a straight line. I grab Katie's hand and say, don't let go, and we run in zigzag through the corn. Within minutes, I can hear my husband's voice calling to me. I try to hear which direction it's coming from, but it's so hard to decipher. My heart is pounding in my ears, and his voice just seems so faint. I'm sure it's coming from where we just were. Oh shit, I left my phone in the car. He tracked my phone. He is by the car. Katie and I run back to where the vehicles are and I see the male driver is now bleeding and my husband is standing next to him yelling for me. As we come out of the field, I see flashing lights coming up the dirt road. The police take care of the rest of it. My husband grabs me, wraps me in a tight hug and says, please call me next time. I say, this only happens in movies. So I thought, now I wonder, how did the woman driver know she was picking us up? How did she know that it wouldn't be all four of us, that it was just only going to be two? If it was just a two-person job to try and do whatever their plan was, taking four of us wouldn't have worked out in their favor. Was it just a coincidence that it was us that got in the car? Were they just willing to grab any unfortunate soul that hopped in? What was their plan for us? Were they going to traffic us? Were they just a two-man team that was going to kidnap us and hold us for ransom? Were they a torture and killer duo? What was their plan? I will never know the answers to these questions. Be careful out there, my friends. Remember safety tips. Share your location with your loved ones. Don't take an Uber alone if possible. Make sure you know some sort of self-defense. Use what you can as a weapon. Pay attention to your surroundings. Always, always, always check for childproof locks. It was a dark and stormy night, the first thunderstorm of the year. This was after my work shift ended at 4 a.m. I had to call a lift to take me to the train station as I didn't have my car at the time. I waited outside of my work for the lift to arrive. I didn't mind though. I happened to love thunderstorms. The rain was coming down quite heavily and the lightning and thunder was roaring. I found it extremely peaceful. 
A car pulled down the vacant street and stopped in front of me. I double-checked the Lyft app to make sure it was the right car, and it was. A gray Honda Civic. I got in and greeted the driver, whose name was Sahil. I attempted to sit in the front seat, but then he told me not to and to get in the back. I didn't realize at the time that this was customary to sit in the back seat. I apologized and graciously got in the back. From the bar to the train station, it was about 10 minutes. The reason I was taking a train instead of just Ubering all the way home was because it would save me about $40. The driver was going super slow, which is understandable given the weather conditions. I would expect anyone to drive with caution in a torrential downpour like this one. The driver didn't take the highway route, he took the side roads. But I wasn't concerned with missing my train as I had plenty of time before my train left. We drove down the dark and winding side roads for a while. I was really just enjoying the scenery and with the car being so quiet, I could hear the storm perfectly. My concern didn't kick in until the driver muttered something under his breath and pulled the car to the side of the road. I looked forward to see why, and I see a man out in the pouring rain, standing in the middle of the road, waving his hands in the air. I was going to ask the driver if he was stopping to pick him up, but for some reason, I didn't use my words. I just observed. Then the man on the street climbed in the back seat next to me, soaking wet. He left his black hood on while in the car. I scooted all the way over to the left, so I was essentially hugging my door. I kept waiting for the man and the driver to speak to each other, exchange words of some sort, waiting to hear the driver ask if everything was okay, where did he need to go, or even for the guy to say why he was standing out in the storm in the middle of nowhere. But nope, no words were exchanged. Did they know each other? I had no idea what was going on. During the ride, I could feel the man next to me looking at me. Maybe he was just looking out my window. So I glanced up real fast to take a quick peek, and sure enough, he was looking right at me. I started paying closer attention to the route we were taking. It wasn't the right way to the train station. I tried to sneak a peek at the driver's phone screen to see if maybe he was being taken down an incorrect route by his GPS, but his phone was in his lap and not mounted to the dashboard like most Lyft drivers. I politely said, I think we're going the wrong way. He replied something in such a low tone and with a thick accent that I could hardly understand anything that he said. By the third time of asking him to repeat himself, I finally repeated myself and said, we're going the wrong way. I confirmed this by checking the map on my phone, but the driver didn't acknowledge me. I felt as though the guy next to me was inching closer and closer every minute, and he also wouldn't stop staring at me. Eventually, I asked the driver to pull over and cancel the ride. Still no acknowledgement. At this point, the driver is blowing stop signs, and there are no stoplights in the area, so I didn't really have a good chance to escape, but I knew I was about to be the victim of something. 
This was some kind of trap. So I decided that I had to jump out of the car when I had the chance. I waited until we were on a street with the woods on one side, which was perfect for me to make my escape. The car was going probably 15 to 20 miles per hour. I opened the door and jumped out. The two men started screaming stuff to each other in a different language. My impact with the ground was obviously painful, but I think the layer of water on the street may have cushioned it a bit. The car came to a stop and I saw the man that was sitting next to me get out. I had to get on my feet and run into the woods. I could hear him chasing after me, but I was sure with all the rain and how dark it was and being that we were in the woods that he wouldn't find me. I heard him yell something at the driver in what sounded like Russian. He ran after me for a little while and started searching around trees and shrubbery. The sound of, of the heavy rain and thunder masked any noises that I was making, including my heavy breathing. After what felt like an eternity, he finally gave up and went back to the car. The car drove off. I stayed in my hiding spot for a while longer. Then I called an Uber instead of Lyft this time to get me to the train station. The Uber didn't take too long to get to me and I arrived safely at the train station. While I was on the train, I went ahead and filed an online police report, then contacted Lyft and reported the driver. The next day I went to the police station and reported the whole incident. And get this, there was a gray Honda Civic reported stolen just the night before. I gave them every last detail I could remember. I left the police station contemplating my life and just how narrowly I may have escaped with it. Thanks for joining, Misfits. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. After all, mystery loves company.